Is this live? Welcome back to Grunts in Appalachia. This is John Creamer. Brandon McGuire. Gorgeous George. Gypsy George. JC G- Knight. And William Earl Boldet Jr. <laughs> I was I was waiting for the music on Gypsy George's name drop there. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to hit the button today. It's not yeah, happening. So I don't know if you guys know, so I'm not very smart and uh, I grew up. In Kansas, where there's you know not very many different types farms. of people, there's just farms, right? Yeah, and uh, you know, Yorgi's like, oh, I'm Greek, and I'm like, oh, so you're like a gypsy, like you can roll around in caravans and shit, and he's like, no, that's not really us, and I'm like, yeah, fuck you, you're a gypsy from now on. So now you're just never going to get off it, are you? He's Gypsy George. Yeah, no, I have to start every episode that way. Like, (laughs) hey, I just want you to know this is why I call him a gypsy because I don't know anything about culture. So we have with us uh, retired gunner J.C. Knight and retired first sergeant William Bodet, and you guys are best friends now. I know you all didn't start out that way in the Marine Corps, and I'm interested to hear the story of how you guys met and how you became best friends and how, how you guys live next to each other almost, well, real close to each other here in West Virginia in the hills of Appalachia. Well, listen, it, it starts with me taking a stroll through the, the, the Verona Loop training area where, where a young Marine sergeant you know, observed me as a young private and said, that is the example of a Marine infantryman right there. Oh, my God. <laughs> listen, listen. I didn't, wear, I didn't wear boots today, so I hope this shit doesn't get too deep. Help me, Holy Ghost. Go ahead, finish your story, J.C. Knight. That's absolute bullshit, but really what happened <laughs> was uh, I was a young private, and for those of us that are a little bit older, um, you know, not, not quite as old as Uncle Skizo over there in the cheap seats who served during the Banana Wars, but... But nonetheless, when I was a private in the 90s going through the school infantry, uh, packing a pack was not my forte. And we had those big old green sleeping bags. So if you just looked at it, it would get wet and weigh 50 yep. more pounds. Yep. yep. So. Um, and you know why that happened? Because he didn't do what he was told. I taught him how to waterproof his gear, and he didn't. So. Go ahead. Anyway, <laughs> much, much to my, my strong backbone, there was a bunch of privates dying and falling out of a hike. And. We're probably about halfway through training, and uh, Sergeant Bodet walks up behind me, and you know he's, you know, the, the stereotypical Marine sergeant in that, like the one you would imagine a Marine sergeant to be. Big scar, half a can of Copenhagen in his mouth. We see that hasn't changed. <laughs> um, but I'm walking along, and he randomly decides to pull up beside of me and impart some wisdom. You know, probably decided to talk to me because I was up with the pack, wasn't falling out, and he goes, "Hey, now you want some good advice?" I'm like, "Yes, Sergeant." He goes, I can teach a man to be a lot of things, I can teach, but I can't teach a man to not be a pussy. So you want some advice? And, of course, whether I want it or not, I was going to get it, right? Yeah. Yes, Sergeant. He goes, don't be a pussy. Yeah. And it was raining, and the gear was wet, and I was sad and miserable, but it you know, kind of emboldened me. Like, hey, and that, that's, an, that's an absolute fact. That, that, that happened. And, uh, what, how many years later? Eight, nine years later? Um, so that was that – was, the winter of '95, in the sun, in the winter of 2000, we, five we, years later. I show up at drill instructor school at Paris Island, South Carolina. I didn't even want to go down there and be a drill instructor, but I had to, you know, for you know whatever they they said. I had to go down there for career advancement, whatever the hell that means. So I go down there and I'm standing there and I'm an old staff sergeant, and here comes a sergeant by the name of Sergeant Knight. He said, "Staff Sergeant Bodette." You were my infantry instructor, and I said, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that means, well, because I, I'm responsible for him for the rest of his goddamn life. Yeah. You know, yeah, if I was his infantry instructor, you know, then he, he's one of mine. And so we went through drill instructor school together and everything, and and um, 
we both did well at drill instructor school. A lot, JC, uh, a lot of people didn't like JC on the drill field. JC was a badass, but he, but, he, but he really didn't play the game like a lot of people did. He, he was an infantryman on the drill field. You know, and, and grunts, two grunts will understand that. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't act like a drill instructor when, even when he left Paris Island. He acted like an infantryman. He was always a teacher. And uh, then we left there, and then we ended up spending time in Afghanistan and Iraq together. He was one of my platoon sergeants. I was his company gunny. And, um, yeah, and before we get into that, we got to rewind a little bit. There was a little bit of a, a comedy show at drill instructor school because, you know, you know, I, the Army does a much better job of keeping people with their MOSs, like infantry people around infantry people, cooks mm-hmm. around cooks and all that. The Marine Corps likes to cross-pollinate, and, and it, it's open for debate on whether that's a good idea or not. I'll tell you that. Well, and, and, and that's, that's a very great point because I've talked about it a lot. Like, when I was a first sergeant, I was an infantry first sergeant of an infantry company, sure. and that's the equivalent to, like, a company gunny. Right. My you first got, job as an yeah. infantry, as a first sergeant, yeah. was a Marine Corps Logistics Base, Albany, Georgia. Now, we're going to come back yeah. to this, but I don't want to get too far ahead yeah. of this because i got to finish the story. To the point, I'm going through DI school, and, and there's some great Marines that, that aren't infantry. I mean, I'm never going to take any of that away yeah, from I you. Agree. But, I agree. But I'm always going to levitate to what I grew up around, yeah. which is infantry platoon sergeants. So yeah. we're going through DI school, and... Um, I just met my lovely wife, and we're dating, so I want to call her on the phone in the evening and, you know, relax a little bit. Yeah. So, um, if I can go to bed at 20 hundred and get an 80 or an 85 on a paper, yeah. the only 100 I ever got was in field skills and the rifle at DI school. So, okay. so I go and I get my grades, and, uh, you know, Bodette's like, JC, don't say nothing stupid today, don't get in trouble. And the gunny, gunnery sergeant... You know, hey, Knight, why the fuck do you get an 80 or 85 on every single thing we do? And I was standing right there, and I was hoping nothing stupid was going to come yeah. out of his mouth. At Marine Corps Drill Instructor School, yeah. he said, well, Gunnery Sergeant, if I can go to bed at 2,000 and make an 80, why should I stay awake till 2,100 and make a 90? <laughs> <laughs> Which is the worst thing you could say. Which means he didn't want to study. He did his minimum, yeah. and he got the fuck out of school. Yeah. He Terrible. Threw, he threw his smokey at me. He threw his hat at me. He goes, this fucking thing ain't for free. Gunnery Sergeant Creed called me in. He said, what the fuck is wrong with night? I said, Gunnery Sergeant, he's fine. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so we get through all that, and there's this other guy that's there, and he is a just a douchebag. I hope he hears this podcast. I know exactly who you're going to talk about. Clive C. O'Connor, Sergeant Major, United States Marine Corps, retired. What a douchebag this fucking guy was. (laughs) So we'd be doing push-ups. Now, I'm doing push-ups, and I look to my left and right, and there are motherfuckers dead. Yeah. And I've got a straight back. We get done with PT. I go, I go, Staff Sergeant. He goes, J.C. Knight, you have the most perfect push-up in the history of the United States Marine Corps. Well, because when we formed up for PT, J.C. was right in front of O'Connor. Saw and O'Connor J- was this this guy from Jamaica or something. He was a bodybuilder and shit. And he would, he would always flex and shit. And come to find out, he hated me too, of course. <laughs> When, when he stood in front of me, remember that inspection he stood in front of me? Yeah. He said, obviously you are an 03 because your weapon is immaculate. I didn't even touch my weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so this motherfucker, I asked Bo, he goes, JC, you got the best push-up in the United States Marine Corps. So lo and behold, we get through DI school. Um, we both go to 2nd Battalion. We're DIs together in 2nd Battalion. And uh, I was on uh, leave from being done as a drill instructor, and we were up here in West Virginia. And uh, I got a phone call from uh, – um, an admin guy. 
He's like, is this Staff Sergeant Knight? I said, it is. He goes, your orders just got changed from 3-2. You're now going to 3-6. And he goes, I apologize. 3-6 <laughs> was the worst infantry battalion in the 2nd Marine Division. Rife with hazing, bad leadership. So I look at Mindy, and I was like, I'm not going to go check in first thing in the morning. So it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I go walking across the parking lot. I'm in my alphas. And as dumb luck would have it, the good gunny is coming outside of the, to the to the – the deck of the CP. Because I got checked into 362. He checked in before me, and he's putting in a dip. And he looks at me, and I like he'd seen a ghost. He goes, he goes, what are you doing? I said, well, fuck him. In my office, Gunny, I'm, I'm checking in. He goes, wait right here. And then you, you, you can pick it up. And I went to the Sergeant Major, and I said, Sergeant Major. Well, I went, first I went to the company commander. I said, your platoon, your second platoon sergeant is sitting right outside right now. You're going to fire that son of a bitch. Or I'll fire him, and I'm going to go up and tell the Sergeant Major he's coming to Kilo Company. He said, okay, Gunny. I ran upstairs. I told Sergeant Major real quick. I came back downstairs. I told JC, I said, go tell Sergeant Major you're coming to Kilo Company. <laughs> and this, and this, I just want to break in real quick and say this, Brandon, is what I'm talking about. I never knew things like that happened because Brandon has talked to numerous times about when new guys came to the, the companies yeah. Yeah. that he would choose who he wanted to be in his well, company. And I'm going to tell and, you, yeah. And, and we go upstairs, and I'm like, so get, let me get this right. No, he goes, he goes, let me get it. Wait a minute. Ken, I'm going to go tell the Sergeant Major where I'm going to go. I said, you goddamn right you are. Right here, I did. Went upstairs, and it, and it worked. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then from there, and, you know, we could we could talk. You know, our, our wives that are out here in the cheap seats could have heard our bullshit stories. Well, I've heard, I've heard the story. I've heard the story from both you guys um, at the VFW for Marine Corps birthday on how you all became best friends. Well, and that's where that's where we get into what what Beaudet well, was, was talking kind of about before we started. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it was kind of a, it was kind of an evolution over time that, that happened. You know, I mean, because I really didn't. Don't, I, I don't think I really ever had a best friend. You know, I mean, but it just happened over time, and in our shared hardship and the things that we'd been together. You know, because my whole adult life, I, I, I was a Marine. His whole adult life, he he was a Marine, and our paths had crossed. And even though I was his instructor, and then I was his gunny, and he was my, one of my platoon sergeants in my company. I got to say this real quick in, fr in front of everybody here, is um, I remember the day he become, he came and he said, Gunny, I'm, I'm going to go to sniper school. Yeah. I said, holy shit. I said, JC, you've already done a lot, man. You're on a, you're on a path to greatness right now. He said, I want to go to sniper school. I said, okay, you don't go to sniper school as an old staff sergeant, especially, I think he had a broke leg or... Uh, or yeah. from, I was still messed up from Iraq. Oh, yeah, when he got thrown out of the track. That's a whole other story. I was there for that <laughs> one. Yeah. And uh, so he's still messed up. So um, I said, well, brother, if you, you want to go, you, you rock that shit out, you know. And I got your back. Well, anyway, people were telling me, man, night's going, to, night's going to sniper school, night's going to sniper school. And they were just jealous that he had the balls to do it. Because it's, 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 it's a badass school. Yeah. You want to be a Marine sniper, you, you know, you, it ain't for the faint of heart. Well, I said, tell, I told everybody, fuck yeah, JC's going to make it through, J, the, uh, through sniper school. What the fuck are you kidding? Get, get, off, get away from me that shit. I'm thinking to myself, JC, you better make it through this motherfucker. <laughs> you know, because I'm going to have to whip a lot of ass. You know, but uh, he made it, and then he became a Marine sniper. And then he told me he's going to become an officer. He's going to become an infantry Marine gunner. How many of those are in the Marine Corps, JC? Since they brought the program around in 90 or 91, about 280. 280. Okay. So, like, roger that. So he goes and becomes a Marine gunner. And 
I don't give a shit what anybody says. I'm not kissing his ass, and I never will. But it's a great feeling in, in the profession of arms when your student can become your teacher. That means you did your fucking job. Yep. Now, if you're jealous of that, then you're in the wrong goddamn business. It's all about doing bad things to bad people. It's very true. And I talk, I speak a lot for some companies and shit, leadership and whatnot. And the, the military does it best because your success is based on what your subordinates do. Yeah. And it's the only business in the world where you get promoted based on what your subordinates do. It's not what you do. I mean, a little bit. It's what, supposed to be that way. It's supposed bit, to be that A way. little bit on you. You know, PT's fucking you. Yeah. But a lot you know? of times, you know. But you it's, oh, I promoted 12 guys to sergeant, yeah. 14 guys to staff sergeant. I did my fucking job because it's all about you need someone to take your job because we're not we're old heads. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and you know someone's got to be there to take. And that we, job. we went. We, I don't say we went wrong, and this could take us down another path. But sure, um, the old NCO creed used to say, um, "I'm responsible for my commanding officer for the conduct, professionalism, yeah. and capability of my Marines, and they are a reflection of me." They've went yeah. away from that. That that says it all right there. You're a sergeant, be it an E5 to an E9. Yep. The effectiveness and capability right. of those those men yep. are on you. Well, and, and, and the officer, I, I fully believe the officer corps has it wrong in every service because you have 28 lieutenants in a battalion, right? Just throwing out average numbers, right? Okay. Yeah. 28 lieutenants. Only one of them on their officer evaluation report can be a one block, right? Which is, this is Army. I don't know if it's the same for you guys. Um, but we have, like, you can one block one guy based on your percentages. Sure, sure. So every lieutenant's backstabbing every other lieutenant yeah. to be a one block, where in the NCOs, yeah. you know, non-commissioned officers, we're like, but um, I'm trying to promote you so that you can take my fucking job because I'm tired, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I will say this. So this is this is, this is is me just seeing the, the, the battlefield for what it is. Um, being a battalion gunner, you're like a big brother to the lieutenant because I'm not in competition with anybody. Right. 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 I, work, I work for the battalion commander. Yep. That's it. That's the only officer that I work for in that battalion. Um, every infantry battalion I was ever in, there's one really bad lieutenant. And you put him in a job where he's not going to get anybody killed, and you treat him mm -hmm. like a pet. Oh yeah, he's like and the S one or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make him, yeah, marginalize him, yeah. fap him out, do whatever. But then there's also one lieutenant that's an absolute asshole that thinks he's Erwin Rommel yep. or, or, or George Patton. Yep. Um, he's a dick, and nobody likes him. Yep. The rest of those lieutenants, all generally speaking, want to do good work. Right. And, and there it, is no very right on a hit. And there is no more. At least this is the Marine lieutenant. There is no more honest animal. On planet Earth than a marine. Lieutenant. I agree, and I tell you, and I, I'm, this is my. I agree. When I'm talking to groups of people, I always talk about lieutenants. Like, you want to know how, how what kind of unit you're going to? Go ask a lieutenant. Yeah, and their honesty will shine through. But and it's probably the same way in the army. It is. Is a lieutenant will come up and you walk up as the gunner, and they're like, "Gunner, how are you doing?" I'm like, "Hey, bud, how's the things going?" I'm like, "Hey, how's the battalion commander over here?" If that kid opens up with how cerebral he is and he likes to get in the books, his battalion commander is a fucking douchebag and yep. a shit leader. Yep. Now, if the lieutenant's camis don't match, he's got half a can of Copenhagen in his mouth. <laughs> it's and a he great smells, fucking unit. Yeah, and he smells <laughs> like whiskey from where he passed out at some beach house over the weekend. He's like, hey, Gunner, boss, good motherfucker here. I'm like, I'm in good company here. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that is a science. There are no exceptions to that. That is absolute truth. I it agree. Is. For my 22 and a half years as a Marine, that's the truth. Well, yeah. I got to tell you, I'm a, I was a fan of lieutenants. Believe it or not, because they they they, they don't go through IOC and all that shit and empty on score it, to come to do bad things. Mm -hmm. They all have a good heart to start with. And now, now, granted, there may be a couple that, that just should not be there. One yeah. bad and one stupid. Yep. You're right. But overall, they just want to do the right fucking thing. Yep. 
every fucked up officer I've seen above the rank of fucking lieutenant, captain, major, and all that shit, I guarantee it they had a fucked up staff NCO. Yes, absolutely. That, that steered them the wrong fucking absolutely. way. Absolutely, and that's that's the beauty of the military okay. is, you know, you pair an officer up with a NCO. That officer could do great things, but if he's got a shitty NCO, that officer's fucked for a whole career See, because right. he learned the wrong shit. Right, because right. they got all the tools. And that's what, I, I fired motherfuckers like it was going out of style. Like, my sergeant major when I was in Afghanistan the last time was like, I fired an E7, and this was like the eighth one I fired. And he goes, Bub, you're out. He goes, you're getting dudes that you fired back because that's all I got for you. And I said, well, fuck, I'll put a staff sergeant because our platoon sergeants were E7s. Yeah. So I said, well, I'll put a staff sergeant who's hungry in Absolutely. that job because he's going to do better than this fucking E7 who wants to drink coffee and smoke yeah. cigs all day. Right, well, yeah. I would tell fuck you, him. this is something that – and this, this comes full circle to where we were talking about earlier is, you know um, – I remember the conversation he had with me when I was a private and he was a sergeant. I come off the, the drill field thinking I'm going to be behind. But I remembered, you know, he's not the most approachable guy at times when he was a, when he was a gunny. Yeah. But I'm never coming to him with a problem, ever. All I ever come to him with is a solution. Yep. I'd see other staff How say, great we're doing. I'd see other staff yeah, go, gunny, I don't want to take the PT. And I, yep. didn't, well, I didn't watch or pay attention to any of that. I just knew I don't go to, I don't go to Bo unless I've got a problem that I yep. can't solve. But I never, I really, generally speaking, until... I can't some, remember really one. I can't. But whenever some, but, but you, it paid off for me because we had a weak fucking E8. Uh -huh. For the whole three years we were together, we always had a weak well, E8. See, and that's what, like, you know, I learned... I don't know why I call him first. So yeah. know, no, but what happened is, yeah. what happened yeah. is, he protected me from them even when I didn't know how to. Yeah. Because he's got, he had seven years of service on me, six years of service. So whenever I try to defend myself... I'm like, man, this guy's just going to keep fucking with me and causing me problems. Well, somewhere, it just magically stopped enough for me to be able to lead my Marines. And as a platoon sergeant, nobody could keep up yep. with me. But in the shadows, he always had my back. And over yep. time, he's like, you know what? JC's not a pussy. He looks out for me. I look out for him. The most underrated Marine I know. And then he got meritorious staff sergeant on the drill field. Became a Marine sniper. Well, back it up. Probably had the best infantry platoon in the Marine Corps that I've ever seen. I've seen a bunch of them. In combat, two times, yeah. Afghanistan and Iraq. Then, then he becomes a Marine Corps sniper. Then he becomes a Marine Corps gunner, which is an infantry wizard in the Marine yeah. Corps. If anybody knows what the hell that is, so he's like he's like a freaking wizard. And I was proud of that. You know, he's the most underestimated Marine I know. And everybody out there that didn't like him and didn't think he would do good, how do you like him now? Go yeah. fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, but 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 it wasn't that it wasn't, you know. I had, I, we got a good friend, uh, uh, Major General Dell Alford, who just retired, and he looks at me. He yeah. goes, "He goes, you have Marines. He goes, you have Marines that will 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 smile up the flagpole and shit down it." I never looked up the flagpole. It was always me and my boys against the world. Yep. And I was their shield. I was their protector. Um, and that that's all that I ever really looked and at. That's a, so I used to say, uh, "What my job is to be an umbrella and stop the shit." So that Absolutely. just a little bit of the shit gets through the hole. I, I but I gotta stop. That's it. a good way to put and it. Don't yeah. don't fuck yeah. with my boys. Like I had my boys out. This is we're getting ready to go late in my career. I was first sergeant. We're getting ready to go to Afghanistan, and my boys are out, and I, I didn't allow mustaches. I was like, you can't. <laughs> I said, no fucking mustaches. Now, and, but if you're a black guy, you'd have it because you don't look like you're gonna touch a small right, child, right? <laughs> it, it just looked better. But and I said, you, 
you don't have mustaches. If you want to have mustache, go to the fucking other company. You're not in my company. I'll fucking fire you. If ass. they just gave us another half inch to look it like Magnum PI, grow yes, the mustache. Yes. So, right. so my boys are out doing PT, right? 6.30 in the morning. And some <laughs> dude is on, some staff sergeant's on fucking road guard with a mustache. And my boys, we wore whatever the fuck we wanted. And he's like, you guys are out of uniform. And they're like, go fuck yourself. And he's right. like, I'm a staff sergeant. And they go, you have a mustache. We don't listen to you. <laughs> so this so this motherfucker shows up at my company. No, man, that's fucking old, man. This <laughs> motherfucker shows up at my company with his first sergeant. Right? <laughs> and I'm not a tiny dude, you know what I mean? But I was pretty, I was bigger when I was in. And he comes in, and I start to fight this first sergeant. I was like... You got dudes with mustaches, pussy motherfuckers. Staff sergeant don't stand no road guard. And right. everyone's just like, hey. And my, but my boys were like, we're fucking dying hey, for that dude. Hey, this you is know? like the time that Taddy. Yeah, we had Sergeant Taddy. I was just about to tell you this. <laughs> so we had a guy named Sergeant Taddy uh, that was an absolute meat eater animal of a human being. Oh, yeah. And, and college educated, too. College educated animal. And he got drunk at the P. He was at the PX coming back from some Jacksonville bar, and some gunny like confronted him. And well, Taddy was covered in blood with no shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, some my, gunny, wife, my wife's out there laughing because she knows how this rolls. Well, some gunny stopped Taddy, wanted his ID card, and Taddy goes, "Who are you?" He's like, "Who? Who do you belong to?" And Taddy, of course, said. Gunnery Sergeant Baudette, I'm a third battalion six Marines. You can go fuck yourself because you're a pog. <laughs> yeah. Right. So next day the phone's fucking ringing, man. And uh, some 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 gunny from second FSSG, you know, support yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right, right. Still a gunny. Yeah. Still gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps. Yeah. I pick up the phone and I'm ready to, you know, ha- handle business, you know. And then this gunny says, You need to come talk to me, gunnery sergeant. Because you're, I said, whoa, wait a minute. You better slow the fuck down yeah. there, hoss. Yeah. I don't have to go a goddamn thing. I said, you better fucking, hey, I tell you what, I'm going to hang up the phone. You call me back. Call me back with a different attitude. Yeah. I said, if, he's, if, if he did something wrong and he fucked up and disrespected you, I'll take care of it because he's my Marine. I'll, I'll understand. I, I will dictate if the, if the fucking goddamn charges are just or not because yeah. I don't trust you by the way you're talking to me. He's like, well, hey, well, I need... I said, you have a fucking good day. Boom. And I hung up that phone. I said, go get me fucking Taddy right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and Taddy didn't have a good life after that yeah. for a while. Yeah. But, you know, professional courtesy. You know, you got to take care of your boys, but... I had, I had a similar situation. I had a guy out at a bar, and he... Once you drink, your rank ain't shit. If you're at a bar drinking, it, it don't matter. You know what I mean? So yeah, I agree. I, I had an E5 beat up an E6 at a bar, right? And he said, this staff sergeant comes in with his first sergeant. Same thing, I'm fucking first sergeant. Uh, your, your boy beat well, the shit. I, I think it does matter, but if you throw that around, you can't, that's but, out the window. So so for us, is you can't, like, get it right rest. I'm right, drunk. that's out yeah. the window. Right. So he right. tried that shit, and my guy was like, who the fuck are you? And this dude, like, touched his wife's ass or something. So he laid him the fuck out. MP, too. So I got these. Oh, I got these. Can't, me, can't, can't spell wimp. Can't, can't spell wimp without the MP. Right. So I got these MPs in my oh. office. Like, hey, what are you doing to this soldier? And I said, what do you mean? What am I doing to this soldier? I said, nothing. Oh, was he drunk at a bar? Did he get charges? No. Well, he hit my fucking. He's this guy outranked him, and he. I said, were you drunk, motherfucker? And he goes, well, yeah, I was drinking. I said, then get the fuck out of here. You ain't got no rank. 
Hey. And I, I, as soon as they walked out, I called my sergeant major. I was like, you're getting a call, bub. Hey, so like, I, got, hey, I got another good one about not having any rank. So we're at 29 Palms where the Marine Corps does all of its service level exercises before we go to fight in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, this was. And I'm going to tell you, Major General Dell Alford at the time, Lieutenant Colonel Alford, had, had the wise idea to have us a can full of beer. And the cans are these old Quonset huts in the middle of the desert, just chock full of beer. I hate well, them. Well, I mean, hey, well, Kilo Company owned the fucking beer tent. There is no doubt in my mind, and everybody knew it. Well, we roll around, and it's about 3 or 4 in the morning. we got to be up at 5 to be down on 100 series ranges to do to shoot. I'm sitting there sleeping in my cot. I'm happy, right? i got my poncho line, or I'm asleep. Staff Sergeant Knight, I'm a platoon I know sergeant. where this is going. So, um, we, had, we, we had just started getting those nice little headlamps, those little minor headlamps, right? So, the Marines come and shake me. They go... Staff Sergeant Knight. I'm like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, it's fucking 3.30. They're like, they're like, you got to go get Gunny. I'm like, what do you mean I got to go get Gunny? And uh, I walk outside the Quonset Hut, and down there's this old Willie's Jeep down at the far end of Camp Wilson at 29 Palms. And I see out in the middle of nowhere this black dot, but I see a headlamp doing this. It's a naked Gunny Bodet chasing our company XO. <laughs> and I look down there, and I say, I say to myself, why do I got to go get the Gunny? They said, because you're his friend, and he won't fight you. <laughs> <laughs> now, at that time, we had never once spoke about being friends, but 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 the, but the company knew. But that over time, had a different relationship. Right? I mean, the mountains of Afghanistan. One of us should still be laying dead there. There's no doubt about it. But through both of our efforts, both of us are here. Like, for, from a number of instances, I could go I could go into detail. But there were a lot of times that he taught me things. You know, I was there for him, right? I mean, so it pays for itself, but I'll never forget that. They're like, you got to go get Gunny Bogat because he won't try to fight you. So I'm tired, and it's cold. It, it was like wintertime and the wind blowing at 29 yeah. Palms. It's 40 with like, you know, a 30-degree wind. Desert cold's Suck. different. Are we allowed yeah. to take a break? Yeah, we can take a break. So anyway, we're going to finish this story. So I walk down there, and I'm like, boo, and he's like, fuck you want jc i'm like you got to hand out ammo in an hour and a half i said i said and i made the i made the wise decision to go down there i got you a can of copenhagen and he stopped and he goes all right <laughs> and we walked about a half mile back up to the camp and he looks at me and goes jc i feel really fucked up listen when i'm drinking i i have a i have a strong desire to get naked <laughs> and I think, and you I, hear the crowd laughing. But I think they that's know. normal. I, I, think, think I that's did a deal tonight at the, at the American Legion. I, I just think everybody wants to see my junk. Yeah, and I don't blame them because <laughs> I'm well endowed. I'm like Ric Flair. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna take a quick break after that. Yes, sir. Oh, all right. We had to take a quick break, real quick, to get everyone dressed again. But uh, we're back. Oh, I'm just enjoying listening to the stories coming from uh, two retired guys that uh, have done a lot. So, I mean, you all just keep on going with it, man. This is awesome. So, you know, we can wrap it up and talk, take, take it another direction. But anyway, um, the three years together in 3rd Battalion, 6th Marines, we, we really lucked out. It was good enough that – best, best, best time of my, my career, but I hate saying the word career. Why, JC? Because careers are scared to make decisions because they base it upon their career. Okay. But it was the best time in my Marine Corps life. Well, JC actually corrected me on that last time because I said in your career, and he said that uh, I, I can't remember exactly what you said, JC. But it's it was a profession. It was, it's a profession. If you, if you, I think it's in a profession of arms. I think when you when people use the word career, I, I've seen this go bad in the Marine Corps, and you see people do things for career gain, and maybe it's always been that way. 
But the reality is um, professionals have a profession. And if what I'm doing is for, you know, the guys that are underneath me, so to speak, or the guys that I, I, I – servant leadership, you take care of your guys – I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing to get my picture on a fucking chow hall wall. That's right. I'm here to take care of the boys. That's right. And if you take care of the boys and the system works the way that it's supposed to, the way that the good old Marine Corps and the United States Army have worked for thousands of years, um, like I hear, I see a lot of old soldiers is like, not my fucking army. Like a lot of the old World War II, and the, they, they're a little bit different. Same with a lot of older Marines. Is It's not about your fucking career. And I think, I think it speaks poorly to, to particular, and I'm not going to speak about the Army, but I'll speak about the Marine Corps. When you go into a regimental dining facility that houses three infantry battalions and uh, has three infantry battalions and the fucking sergeant major has two marksman badges and has more stars on a special duty ribbon than a sea service, that motherfucker has no credibility and shouldn't have his picture on a chow hall wall because he was a drill instructor yeah. or he was out on recruiting duty, you know, and some field grade officer didn't do the right thing by just saying this guy's average at best and he ended his life yep. as an E7 or an E8. Now, a lot of people will say that ain't his fault. That's just where the service sent him. This bullshit. Bullshit. You fight they for were that. hiding. Yep. They were hiding. They could get to the fucking fight if they fucking want to. End of story. Go fuck yourself. And that, that's it. I, so the army is very similar. You can, you can try and do those things for career progression or you can try and fight. And it's like... You know, oh, well, this dude did all these schools, and he's Well, there ain't nothing wrong that, with that, which there is fine. Wrong with, with but if you're doing all these career, schools, and I'm... If it's what you want to call it. Right, but. I'm taxing bodies over here while you're doing schools. It turns out I, I know more about the life we live than you can learn in a classroom. Yeah. On, 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 that, on that, though, um, with three retired infantry guys here, my question is, for people that listen, we have, we have a lot of younger guys listen to this that are going to join what what would you tell younger guys to do to get prepared to go and i would say exactly what they said earlier don't so, be a pussy so that, that don't be a pussy but this is this is really um i have nothing without loyalty is that off? i have to have loyalty and with that we got done in afghanistan and as a young platoon sergeant, i mean i've been a staff sergeant for like a year and a half yeah and my platoon got in more fights than companies did yeah. And we got home, and they're like, I had a first sergeant that was a straight cuck. I could not stand this dude. And they were like, we're going to do personnel today. And he would come and try to punk me, and he'd go, Staff Sergeant Knight, you're leaving the company because you need more experience. I said, well, wait a second. I've directed rotary wing. Yeah. I've directed mortars. I've been in a ton of gunfights. I ran my own fob, which was the shining example. He goes, you're leaving the company. He and was intimidated by J.C. because he was not an alpha male. And this particular first sergeant if you want to call them that, hated alpha males and true infantrymen and hated meat eaters. Go ahead with your story. So we're sitting there, and I'm like looking at my buddies, and I don't want to be a bitch, and I'm not going to complain. You do what you do what the Marine Corps tells you to do, right? In walks Lieutenant Colonel Alford. Now, gent, now. And because I'm one of his boys, you know, because I fought for him, and I fought, and we did a great job uh, representing his battalion. He walks in, he goes, hey, uh, he goes, hey, Knight. He goes, uh, we're getting ready to do personnel. He goes, what do you want to do next deployment? I looked at him. I said, I want to keep my rifle platoon. <laughs> he yells down to the first sergeant's office. Hey, first sergeant, Knight's staying in first platoon. And that first sergeant about fucking come unglued. <laughs> it broke him that I kept that platoon. But I had loyalty to those men. And when I talked about earlier in our, in our, in our show, when I was talking about how bad 3-6 was, I inherited kids that had been hazed, oh. beat, treated bad. Those were my 
fucking boys, yeah. period. I wasn't leaving them. And uh, I'm so grateful that I had a leader that was a servant leader that understood what the right thing was for the right reasons, and he allowed me to stay there. The same as he let Bo stay there to continue to be the company gunny. He knew, uh, and we learned this later in life because we're now friends with him. I don't make all I'm friends with generals, but this particular general, I'm absolutely fucking friends with him. Yeah, he's it, an amazing man. It you know, was, it's, it's it, interesting. It, 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 and because, don't be a pussy and be loyal, that's why we kept those jobs for three years. Yeah, and it's interesting to me, too, because you take guys that are good at what they do, and then you take a guy that's in leadership, and he says, hey, you know what, I'd, I'd like to get rid of these guys because they make me look bad. And to me, oh, that's, yeah, we've seen that. that's, that's absolutely awful. I mean, if you have a good squad, keep your squad together. Why would you? Why would you want to change it up? Now I understand people have to move on and they have to yeah. progress, but if you're in a situation where you're going to be going over into the box, over in the sandbox in Afghanistan, Iraq, and you have the guys and they're going to be there for the entire time, why? Why change it? Well, I will tell you something that speaks to leadership. And if somebody, a young guy's out there listening, when we came off the drill field, we inherited platoons that had Marines that were three years through college, had good-paying jobs, 9-11 yeah. happened. And so they, we, we, yeah, we, had, we had a lot of E3s and even E2s that were legal drinking age. Yep. Right. They, wanted to, yeah. they wanted to go out and yeah. fight for and, their and, country. And you had guys who definitely, like you said, right. made, made good money in the Yeah, world, and they wanted to. They, they were called the duty yeah. was there. Yeah. And that's those guys are. And they, they wanted to fight and take care of their country. So that to me, that was a super big deal. And uh, I know we kept, it was, Iraq was rolling around. And it's probably the same in the Army. McGuire's been in for, for three years and three months. Oh, he's short for this deployment. He's yep. going over to this battalion yep. or this regiment. Yep. So my guys were like, fuck it, I'm not leaving my boys. I'm extending for three yep. months. I'm extending for when four it months. Is, it's so good leadership. What I've learned in my 21 years was I saw leadership where subordinates didn't want to disappoint their leaders were the best units. Like the fact that like – well, that goes back to loyalty. Yes, I got in trouble, and I don't want to have to go let JC right. know I let him down. Right, and those oh, yeah. those boys will fucking oh, right. do anything Absolutely. for you. You know and, what and I mean? It, and it didn't. It didn't. Yeah, but yeah. not everyone gets. And that. it didn't necessarily start with us. I mean, we fostered it in our company. We had other right. good leaders there too, but our battalion commander every Friday. I think if we weren't at war or we weren't training, we were all Friday at eleven hundred every yeah. week. We were in Camp Lejeune. Yeah, and it would go like this. Hey, uh, Lance, corporals and below, get the fuck out of here. Staff and CEOs and officers, get out of here. He goes, I need to see my corporals and sergeants. That's and it. And everybody, uh-huh. le- everybody but him. Yeah. And maybe his sergeant major. You know what he would do? He'd Listen. get up on a PT table, and he's like, somebody give me a dip. Listen, yeah. when he took over that battalion, the absolute atmosphere turned overnight. Yep. You know why? Because he understood every rank. And he understood every person's job. And he understood the most important thing, that every Marine in his battalion was important. Yep. And it is. And every it, single, from the private all the way up to fucking, you know, Ricky Rudin, the rear wreck and the rusty rifle, all the way to his fucking XO and him. He understood that every goddamn Marine was important to our mission accomplishment. Well, and, and the thing and is, he made them feel that. The way. most expensive thing that you have, the, the best thing you have is a Marine, a soldier, because fuck weapons, fuck how much they cost. That's that's what America's put all their money in is sure. this, this young man to do the right fucking thing at war. I mean, listen, you know? we were we were we were in our company for two months before two and a half months before we went to Afghanistan. We didn't have a chance to train those Marines. Not really. Yeah. We didn't have a chance to do a bunch of live fire. Yeah. But as soon as we got on the ground, we made sure all of our weapons were zero. We were always cross training yeah. with the Afghans. And the well, special- I think we did train them, JC. Not 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 in an infantry. Not necessarily thing, from a technical perspective. I, I think we trained them with an attitude. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. We changed our whole spirit. You know, like, and, and you know, and, you know, and that is important, man. Is the warrior fucking spirit? Yeah. You don't have the warrior spirit. I don't give a fuck what you yeah. have. Well, I think that's the number one thing, and I think that if you have that, then you no. don't have to worry about as other things as much. Well, you listen, like. But fear, you, you, fear is the biggest common is the denominator that that separates winning. What, what would you tell young young Marines or young soldiers, whatever, joining? What would we tell them? This this is what I would tell them. You keep your goddamn mouth shut, and your ears open, and your eyes open. And what you do is you will, you'll be able to pick out who you want to be like and who yep. you should learn from. Yep. And you take a little bit from him, take a little bit from him, take a little bit from him, and you become who you all, you want to be. And those pieces of everyone who's great so should right. make you better. You, right. And that's, you the, know that's the point. Who is a scumbag yep. that, that takes an easy road. Yep. And if you want to go that way, then you go that yep. way and it'll show. Like the motherfuckers who are it like, oh, show. I got 180 in a wake up till I'm out. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Yep. Go, go but, fuck but yourself. You know what, go you fuck know, yourself. But you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's what I did You know, my Marine Corps life. I took a little bit from him, a little bit from him, a lot from him, a little bit from him, yep. nothing from him, yep. you know, shit like that. And you tell Marines you stay away from that black hole of That's doing right, business yeah. this way. And as you take all those little things from other people, you do that, before you know it, Staff Sergeant McGuire, Staff Sergeant Bodette, or Staff Sergeant Knights, a platoon yeah. Sergeant, be like, that Creamer kid's got his shit together. Hey, Creamer, mm-hmm. I'm making you a fire team yep. leader. And then all of a sudden, wow, he's leading these four look, men. Look, then, then he's got a squad, then he's got a platoon, then he's got a company, right? And just... Look, man, a lot of people, listen, for example, if you do the right thing, it may suck at the time, right? Yep. But you'll find out life gets easier if you do it right. Right. And they, I don't you know. know. In the Army, they always say, choose you know, the hard right over the easy wrong. You know. I don't know if the know, Marines talk. It does so. make sense. You take the it hard choose, road, but the right take, road, yep. eventually, it's harder. nobody can fuck with you. Yep. And, and you had to, you know? especially as a leader, you know, I, I used to tell my lieutenants when they'd come in, and they're young men, they're the age of, you know, your specialists, your yeah. E4s, your corporals. 20, 23-year-old kid. Yeah, and wh- who are they going to gravitate to? People their age. They didn't and, come into and, service and, to be a pussy. And I get that, and yeah. I told a lieutenant, I said, look, bub, if, you're, if you go out and have a beer, if this dude's at a bar and you have a beer together, and then two months later that dude gets in trouble, you can't punish him. Because you had a beer with him, do you understand the, that? Yep. It's hard to, it's hard to fraternization. It's hard to be around guys that you're, you know, you're the same age. I you're, agree. You're. It's hard to not. Hey, but let's have beers. But the problem is, is I always did was, I can't punish a dude if he saw me, if I was drinking with him and we did some shit. Well, this is a how year I down that. the a year down the road, he gets in trouble and I have to punish him. It's wrong. On this is part. how this is how I squashed that that same thing. I made it to where, just like my first soldiers made it to me, my corporals made it to me when I was a young lance corporal. Yep. If I put them in a position, yep, to where they could not protect me, then I fucked them. Yep, and that's it. okay. So, so they, you know, I. Fraternization and all that shit, I, I totally get it. I understand it happens, it. and it's healthy. It, it, it's I think it's healthy understand if it happens it. right. I had two platoons. Yeah, I had two platoon well, sergeants when I was a platoon sergeant in three six. That would tell me, this is after Afghanistan. I remember they this. said to me, they go, yeah. they go. I, I really don't like how 
on the weekends, you know, you know, your squad leader. Yeah, one's a sergeant major. Now. Yeah, one's a sergeant major. And they're like, pussy. They're you like, ain't gonna mention his name. They're like, well, you know, you you and your lieutenants and your squad leader hang out together. I'm like, well, let me let me use a little bit of yep. wisdom here for you. And look at how much respect I'm like, they I'm show. Like, JC. I'm like, I'm like in Afghanistan. I said, um, oh. I said, I never had a problem with 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 fraternization. And I said, I will tell you this. There is going to come a time in combat because your training plan is never what you're going to want it to be. Yep. There's going to be gaps. There aren't going to be things you're going to be able to accomplish. But implicit communication by that lieutenant knowing and thinking, if Creamer, Bodette, and McGuire are his three squad leaders, I know Bodette thinks this way. I, you know, It's going to be implied that lieutenant's going to know where to put him on a battlefield. I never once had a problem. And I was in some life or death shit and I, many times. I'll, I'll and, testify And, and I've never had one of my squad leaders waffle because they hung a, had a beer with my lieutenant. And these yeah. other two platoon stars like, you shouldn't take your lieutenant over there. Now, don't get me wrong now. We, they, you know, they, they weren't buddies. Right. There was There's a, a mutual, difference. There's well, a difference. Well, well, this is how you get away with that. There was a mutual respect from the officer right down to the private and from the private all the way up. Everybody knew their fucking place. There was really nobody better than anybody else. And if you think you're better than the private, then you missed the fucking mark. Yep. Well, well, you're, yeah, very, yeah. you're very fortunate, too, because in, in that scenario, I also, I also had lieutenants and staff NCO that would come down and they would work with us. And people would have thought it was fraternization. But you also have to determine the younger guys, which ones you can do that with and which ones you can't. Yep. Because I found, just as an as a NCO, that when we got new guys – some of them you could you could try to um, you could coach off. them you yeah. could coach them and it would look like fraternization but you were actually trying to, to build them up and make them better and in other regards you could try to do that with another guy and he would be like oh look you're not even like yeah and you whatever. know I mean, and, and there, there there's growth in in having those relationships and I'll never forget I was at a school or something and I came back I was a platoon sergeant and uh, I had these PFCs check in so I've got. My squad leaders would come over, and they would come over in this old '86 Chrysler LeBaron with a convertible top, <laughs> and they'd all and be top. Yep, and it would be down, <laughs> and they would just pick a driver from the barracks. But they would come to my house, and they would have a driver. So I'm at school, and I come back, and the kid they decide to pick a driver is this kid that I yoked up, um, Jeremy Ringgold. Guy's now got a degree from Citadel as an engineer, uh, great Marine, but he was a PFC. It's 5 o'clock in the morning, and it's not my M.O. to just run in and start wrecking shop in the barracks in the morning. But we're getting ready to go PT, and I go, hey, guys, lights on. we got to get – we're going to fall out in about a half hour or whatever. I'm just checking rooms. It's a Monday. And he goes, shut the fucking light off. <laughs> this is a brand-new PFC, and I'm a platoon sergeant. Yeah. Getting ready to go to Iraq. And, boy, I jerked him off that fucking top rack. <laughs> and he went from the prone to fucking standing like that. Boy, I lit his ass up. I said, bitch, tell you who I am. I'm your fucking platoon sergeant. And boy, you could tell that he woke up and sobered up real yeah. fucking quick. So that night, it's a Friday, um, we're going out to my house. So we're sitting there, me and my three squad leaders having a good time. Lieutenant's there. Uh, you know, my wife's there with us. And I had her go down to Dempsey's Quick Mart to get some beers. Well, you know how like you see things when you're drunk that you don't see them when you're sober? Yeah. I don't know how to explain this, but I'm sitting to where I can see my front door and I'm in my recliner. Well, Ringgold's sitting over there where Uncle Schizo is, right in that chair, and my wife walks in with two 12-packs two or two cases of beer, and Ringgold's eyeballs follow my wife's ass all <laughs> the way to the kitchen. And somewhere in that, my eyes cross with him, and I recognize that he's checking out my wife's ass. So Monday rolls around. Hey, Marines, did everybody have a good weekend? Did everybody get in trouble? Anybody do anything stupid? 
hey, PFC Ringgold, what'd you do this weekend? He goes, he goes, he goes, Staff Sergeant, um, spent time with Marines, and he's making me pull the string in front of the whole platoon. Yeah. I'm like, well, what did you do? Well, I was a designated driver. So that's awesome. I'm glad you drove your fellow Marines around. You're underage, so you're doing the right thing. I said, well, where'd you go? Oh, we went out to, to, to someone's house. I said, is that right? I said, whose house did you go to? Staff Sergeant. I said, PFC. We were at your house, Staff Sergeant. And, of course, the whole platoon, all the old guys that are like my fire team leaders know where this is going. <laughs> And uh, we're talking. I'm like, well, what did you do while you were at my house? Wait, I, is this why he, yeah. when he was checking out your wife's ass? Yes. <laughs> so, so, so we're sitting there, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm just like, so you're the driver. Like, what did you do while you were at your house? So I sat on the couch. I said, did I feed you? Yes, Staff Sergeant. It was really good. I said, that's right. I said, what happened Friday morning? Before that, I, I was in my rack and didn't want to wake up. And you said, who the fuck is this? And you found out I was your platoon sergeant. That was the first time we met. So. We go down there. I rehearsed that in the front of the whole platoon because they knew he's like, shut the fucking light off, and he got snatched out of the rack. So tell that story, and I'm like, really? I said, well, what else happened at my house? And I just keep pulling the string. And I'm like, what happened when my wife went and got beer for us down at the Dempsey's Quick Stop? She goes, he goes, I stared at her ass, Staff Sergeant, and the whole platoon's like, you know, and I'm like, that's right, Ringgold. And they're, and they're like, so all the salts, all the guys out there in the faded camis are like, oh, but but you know what? It built some character in him. It opened it opened that it opened know, that door. And I, I'll never forget right. that you know it we, opened a good door. It did. And when we talk about that line of communication, the same with the lieutenant to the staff and CEO and the lieutenant to the Marines. I talked to my PFCs. That kid calls. Here's the deal. We all know this. If if all of us have to stack on that door, and John Creamer is the Buddhist motherfucker here, and he's the first guy through, he's the guy in charge of what's on the other side of that door because he's the first man through. I can't fix who the first guy in the stack is. That guy has to go through, and there has to be that trust. And I'll never forget uh, one of the fights we were in in Iraq. I had a PFC come to me. I was dressing this old dude down because I found an AK in his house. Not supposed to have AKs. PFC comes down and he goes, Hey, uh, Staff Sergeant, I just seen three dudes cross the street in black man jams with an RPG. A lot of platoon sergeants would be like, shut the fuck up and get back up on the roof. He said it. He said it. And I'm like, good, we're going to get him. And that's what we did. We went after him. And uh, that was the night we shot over to camp. Oh, yeah. And that was me as a platoon sergeant listening to a PFC because we all put our boots on the same. We're all in the fight together. And it's that shared suffering and shared respect. It's got to be there. If I can't trust that kid... I shouldn't be putting him in positions to where he can save my life and I can save his. It may it matters. There's another story about talking about loyalty. See, loyalty goes both ways. I was loyal to JC. JC was loyal to me. How you just talk about that firefight he was just talking about where he shot over the camp. I was in the camp at the time, and I seen tracers going over the fucking shit, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on out there? So I'm on the, I'm on the hook, man, and I'm listening to the radio, and who's out there? Lo and behold, Staff Sergeant Knight. And he calls for a loom, and he's, he's calm and cool on the radio, and Skipper and the first sergeant, that, that weirdo, he was, what's going on out there? I said, everybody settle the fuck down. JC's out there. Everybody's going to be fine. Trust me. Ain't that the fact? That's a fact. And then I heard him over the radio calling for a loom, calling shit on the radio, calm, cool, collective. I said, that's, that's that's my boy JC. Everything's cool. And you know, you know, I don't. None of us ever like to go public and admit that we've had our ass chewed before. 
But some of that, we talked about taking little things from people. We were in Afghanistan. First, first time I've really seen anything crazy pop off. Um, I grew up as a machine gunner. I was a 31, like you. So, and I was a chief weapons instructor at the School of Infantry. So I know machine guns better than most. And one of my Mark 19s went down. We're getting F-fobs getting hit. There's movement up around our other OPs. Bad guys are closing in on our camp. Uh, Taliban. And uh, I looked from me to Schizo. And behind me, there's a Mark 19. And I heard it clunk. I said, fuck, the Mark 19's jammed. I go over there, and there's three machine gunners trying to unjam it. Now, I'm a platoon sergeant. I've got 40 men that are supposed to be fighting. And what do I do? I get sucked into doing the job of two corporals and a lance corporal. Because that was his job that before was my, he became a platoon that's sergeant. What I, that's what I was good at. Fix that, that's right. Fix, fix, it, fix that gun. And, that uh, gun up. And I'm, you know, I'm but like, he had a whole platoon that he, that he needed to help this lieutenant fight this battle with. And out of the darkness comes this Paul, and it grabs me, and he's like, JC, this is, and it wasn't, it was, it was, it was direct. It wasn't really mean or sarcastic. It was just clear. He goes, this isn't your fucking job anymore. Go fight your fucking platoon. And I looked at him and my feelings were kind of hurt, but I was mad, but I respected him. So I didn't want to say anything back. And I was just like, you swallowed it and off I went. And then I was making sure guys were covered on sectors of fire. The Lieutenant was doing what he was supposed to be doing. You know, you know, talking with him. Um, that was probably the only that, the only ash chewing I ever remember that, that made an impact on me. That, or that that in my twenty two and a half years I've had my ass chewed. I'm like, what the fuck's this guy talking about? I, I came out and I and I remember I was running and shit was going fast and and I and I seen JC working on this Mark 19 sitting down and there were three machine gunners sitting sitting there watching this go down and his platoon was trying to position and doing everything right and. I grabbed JC and I said, "Hey, goddamn it! This ain't your platoon. Any- I mean, this ain't your this ain't your job anymore. Go fight your fucking platoon." Yep. Yep. And he looked at me like I had a purple dick growing out of my head, yep. and he disappeared into the darkness. Yep. And two seconds later, they got the gun out. Yep. You know, and I, that- I didn't yell at him. I just, you know, that that, that, that was my job as a gunnery sergeant. Yeah. And then you know, and you know, a couple a couple months, you know, you know probably a couple weeks later, we're in a fight, and he's in an ambush position with one of my rifle squads and, and some special forces guys. They're down there slinging it, and I've got two fifty cows parked to where they're pointing right down the valley. And this is a time for me to actually be a machine gunner, right? I'm right beside the truck. I jump on it, and one of our Marines, Corporal Sean Christ, reportedly the best machine gunner in the 2nd <laughs> yeah, Marine yeah, Division. Right, right, right. I'm on one fifty cal, and I've got this motherfucker elevated like this, and I'm watching the tracers, and my tracers are actually hitting the bad guy's ambush position. Right. And Christ jumps right. on, and right. I'm like, I'm like. Fire on my mark. Now, the, now, at this time, I am pinned down over here. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm in the ambush site. I'm the one getting ambushed. I'm getting ambushed. So, JC and the two gun trucks are just laying waste to these motherfuckers. Yeah. I can pick my head up now. We were with ODA 361. Yeah. These SF guys go, who the fuck is that? I said, that's my Marine. You can put your shit on well, safe right well, now. This, is, this isn't that gunfight. This is the one before where you were with Murray and those guys. No, you're, you're, I, I, we're talking about the lumberyard. No, this is before the lumberyard. Oh, and fuck. That one, yeah, which wasn't a big fight, but anyway, it was like there was a time for me to be on a gun and a time not to be. And Christ comes up, and I'm, I just, here's this Lance Corporal. I allowed him to do his job, and guess what? 
Next thing you know, we're both on 50 cows together, and we're talking guns on an ambush site. And this ambush site was probably two clicks explain, away. Explain what talking gun is. Gun so, is. so, yeah, you've got one gun, bop, 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 bop. And I can see this ambush site, and they were so far away. Like, a max effective of a 50 is like 1,800. This was like 2,200 meters. Our guns were hyper-elevated. So you watch tracers going through the air, but I was watching their tracers come from an ambush site onto Beaudet and that rifle squad and the Special Forces guys that I can see splash. That was the first time. I can see splash coming from where my rounds are impacted. Yeah, that, right, that was the first ambush I was in. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the second one, you know, if you talk about trust They all run together, man. Yeah, <laughs> then right after that, we were in a really bad one that lasted for, for over an hour, and we blacked a lot of Taliban, a couple yeah, dozen bad guys it, dead. It's, so it's funny. I knew I did. Listening to everyone's stories, I feel like I totally know – when you joined the military, you joined the Marines, you joined the Army, whatever, you joined as an infantry right. man. And it's hard to take an infantry man out of you, no matter what your rank is. Yeah, you'll be an infantry man for the rest of your you life. You get what I'm saying? Is like you're behind a gun, you're doing because that's your calling. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm a fucking infantry man. And I feel like the military, especially in my career, was. Oh, you're you're this rank now. You got to stop doing that shit. And like, no, I came in to do this shit. I'm never gonna stop doing that shit until I get out, yeah. and then I'm gonna do it illegally. I but guess. still do it every night. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Listen, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? In my head, I'm yeah. I still do and, it. Every the day. cool thing is, I was talking to this. Uh, I had lunch with a Vietnam vet yesterday, and we were talking. He was asking me about, you know, PTSD. I, everyone has PTSD. I get it. But he's like, "How's your temper?" And I said, "My temper is horrible." And he goes, "Yep, mine too. Not mine." And I and I. So, right. So, obviously, but I think that you earn this temper when you serve because that's what keeps you alive. Because shit happens real quick and you go 100 mile an hour real quick because of something happened and you react real See, quick. See, I don't think you it's react, a temper. I react. think it's a temperament. Right. I, and I don't you, think it's you, a temper. You know, I think it's, it's temper my reaction. Indeed. My reaction. It's a warrior instinct, man. My reaction. Everybody, to everybody's got to get fucking, everybody's going to get ca- their yes. head caved in. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, so, so my reaction is. I guess seen by everyone else is, oh, he has a horrible temper. No, I have a great reaction because right, I'm going to end this right. shit real quick. Well, right. yeah. And it's I, a temper, I, you know what I mean? It's a temper. And, it's, and, I, and I, think, I think with that, like, you know, how do I know that, that, that that's real? You know, like my wife will tell me this all the time, is we'll be hanging out and there's a mass casualty drill at Stokes right across the street. There's a car wreck with six, seven people hurt or dead. I'm going to go out there and start slinging bodies and, and handling the business. Immediately. But my cat comes in here and shits in the corner after I just cleaned the garage. I'm going to blow a fucking fuse. Right. And, and that's But I think that's reaction the same way as I don't know how to react to something small like that because I've reacted to so many big yes, things Yes, absolutely. I that, completely agree. That I am, oh, my dog... My dog did something the other day, and I was the dog like, chewed up, the dog chewed and up. I was just like, I will get the gun and shoot you in your face. And it's, it's a it's, fucking VA it's, it's service funny, dog. It's funny you say that because you know I mean? he I'm deserved like, it. At that moment, hey. the dog deserved to get shot. And he hey. fucking hid for it's hours. It's funny you say that I'm just because kidding. when I left 3rd Battalion 6 Marines, they promoted me to first sergeant. They sent me to the logistics, logistics company. Trying to Marines do it, whatever. Then they sent me to I. And I, you know, just totally out of my fucking box. Yes. Yes. And... Like you're talking about cat shitting in the corner, you know, fucking. Uh, it's the same reaction. Is but, but nothing mattered to me anymore except for fucking goddamn shit that really mattered. Yep. Like they they told me when I was the first sergeant, hey, uh, first sergeant, I need you, I need to inspect your vehicle for uh, the 96 hour pass we have, and uh, you're gonna inspect these Marines vehicles and 
you know, make sure they're okay. And I'm thinking to myself, I said, sir, what the fuck are you talking about? Yep. I had Marines fucking goddamn fucking for six months yes. hanging and banging that I trusted with my and life. And now matters. I got to go check yes. their fucking tire? Yes. Go nothing, fuck yourself. And somebody's going to check mine? How about this? Go back in there, come back in, and tell me you're sorry for even fucking even mentioning that to yep. me. <laughs> yes, and that, but that's real fucking life. It's we uh-huh. did real fucking life shit, Fuck away from and now me, we got now I gotta turn. DJ, do- I, I gotta I got, turn I got, all these upset. dots green for I'm my soldiers. Upset. I so. need some whiskey. Hey, Where's let, my wife? Listen, right here, you got some right here. So listen, you know that that all leads to you know the direction that that I went is I never want to be inundated with things that don't matter, and I was tired of in the Marine Corps and the Army's different set up a little bit different I was tired of first sergeants and captains being in my way from solving problems you yep. say well you're a Marine you can solve any problem you want eh, you can but there's always people for whatever reason they want to be in charge yep. whatever but I wanted to take my infantry talent and leadership to helping more Marines what's the best way to do it go be a gunner because at that point the only person in your way is a fucking colonel and if you're doing your job you know, and he's going to tell you to do yours never yep. because guess what you make that dude look like a rock star daily so everything from range cards, letting corporals fix the machine gun, making infantry the main thing, right? That's you, what matters. You know what's the biggest disease in the profession of arms is arrogance. A hundred percent. And legacy. Arrogance. I think legacy too. Oh, my dad was this in this war, and yeah, well, I'm here. I'm eh, talking fuck about you. guys. That, you got to earn it. That that have never earned that. Yep. You know. Of course, I, I I've been arrogant before. Of I'm, course, we're, I we're all infantrymen. Of course, we're fucking arrogant. You know, I mean, I'm like Ric Flair. <laughs> we're fucking Woo! infantry. Yes. And Ted Nugent. I hope and Ted Nugent sees this. Everyone. Because we just cooked a bunch of deer over here, Ted. And we shot them with crossbows. We shot them with bows and rifles. 4570. 4570. It's a freaking spirit of the wild, brother. I watched your show today. Please send <laughs> that to him. Go ahead. I, I, I just think it, my favorite thing later on in my career were. So I. When I was a first sergeant, my favorite was fucking lieutenants, because I felt in we my went over this. in my heart that I could mold them, and the army would be good for twenty more years if you mold them right. And here, 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 yep, and we need to take questions. And, from and, them. and you're definitely spot on with that. You know, hey, can we take questions from the audience? Not yet. I got to yeah. finish this one thought, <laughs> but I will finish with this to say that um, enlisted men run run good Marines and soldiers yep. off, officers get people killed. So yep. investing in that lieutenant yes. matters. It does. Absolutely. It does. Man, no, I, nobody wins. Nobody wins if you raise a lieutenant that isn't confident and can't make a decision. But I, you know, I was raised on the thing of I'm never going to make you do something I didn't do, which I think is lost sure. in the military. Like my first time to Iraq, the first time we had to burn shit, I burnt the shit. Because I said, you know what? I've never burnt shit. I'm platoon sergeant. And they, all my boys are taking <laughs> Brandon, you're making us feel like bad guys because Bo right. and I hired a six-fingered Afghani to burn our shit. But, but, <laughs> the first time I car, and he got blown up by an ID. I said, how'd you get the fucking hand all yep. fucked up? He said, uh-uh. I said, I know you fucking sent an ID. Yep. And I'll pay you $3 a day. Burn yep. our shit. So, I, but wow. I, I did it one fucking time. And sure. I told my guys, they were taking pictures. Oh, look at Sergeant Max out there burning shit. And I said, I'll never fucking do it again. But when I tell you to fucking do it, you're going to do it because I've done it. You know, yeah, and, and leadership. I, I miss it. I, I don't know how you guys well, feel, but no, I, look, every day so, of my life, I wish so I was young. I, I think we had a very shining example of why 
we did it right. We just did a reunion here about a year and a half ago in West Virginia, and a hundred dudes from our company showed up. Yeah, that's up here. crazy. And, and that's from ten years. That's from fifteen. And those guys showed up. Me, the, the Marines are you're you're smaller, which is I think awesome. I always tell everyone I said uh, it, it, the Army's small if you think about it because. If you're infantry, you're going to run into someone again. Yeah. But it, and then on top of that, if you're airborne, now you're even a smaller. You're going to run into yeah. the same dudes. I, I think the I think, Marines. I, I've never done a company reunion. I, I yeah. think what was you really know, special about that. the company reunion is the fact that it, it was just a sign that we did do did it right. And I, I tell you something that that helps, and and our wives probably appreciate this, but get pissed at us at the same time for all this is. We have a cult of veterans that hang out, and there's not a lot of soldiers out here, but there are a ton of Marines, and every Marine that is within five miles of here, we're all we're all friends. That's we all cool. hang out. We five, all five, 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 no, not even five. I, I bet you fifty miles. Yeah, yeah. Everybody comes together. I mean, for the I mean, we're up at the we're up at the, the American Legion out towards his house, Post One Eleven, the other evening. All of a sudden, there's an Army Airborne guy there. Yeah. There's a combat engineer and three other infantry Marines. And I said uh-huh. to myself, man, this is a it's pretty special. So it's, it's the truth. It, you know, it's a combination of warriors. I mean, it's called shared her- hardship is what it is. And, and so. you know, the longer I'm around and I hear, you know, and it's not to say this about all non-military types, because, I mean, look, there's big cuz over. I love cuz like my own brother. All right? But generally speaking, if a jarhead or a combat-armed soldier walks up to me, there's common ground there. That man probably says what he means and yep. means what he says. That's right. You know, and that's the thing that I like. You tell me you're going to be here Sunday to do a podcast, I know for sure that John and Brandon are yep. going to be here. Yep. There's, there's other guys that will tell me, buddy, I'm going to be down there to take care of that problem tomorrow. And guess what? They don't show yep. up. Well, I'm only here because I heard because I, I, I they told me there were strippers going to be. But it's special. <laughs> that's later. It's, that's it's, spe- it's, spe- it's special. It so, is, and it's hard to come by. Like you said earlier, it's hard to come by people, honest people. You know what I mean? Because everyone gets out and they wanna, they wanna expand on what they did so they sound better to everyone else. And it's like you did what you did. That's just arrogance, be, man. Be proud of what you did. Like right. I, I did what I did. I'm proud. I don't of care what if I you're fucking... a butcher, baker, candlestick maker. Right. Just be a fucking. You served, and I love you. Yes. You just say like, you're my you're, brother. You're a one percenter just for serving. But the yeah. second but to the... fucking lie about oh, I, you know, I was Delta Force yeah. F eighteen recon. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't talk about it. It's classified. You're full of shit. Hey, listen. I tell this to everybody that meets me. I was a grunt in the Marine Corps, and I was happy to be on the team. Yep. And I mean that from the bottom yeah, of my that's heart. A yep. fucking fact. I mean it from brother. the bottom of my heart. There it is. And that's that's the truth. Is listen, if you have to be happy to contribute. The, the cool thing about the military. I, this is my last thing, I guess. Because <laughs> fucking gypsies looking at me. But the cool thing about the military is when you walked up, you had your resume on your chest. You, when you were active and we're in dress, you couldn't fucking bullshit me about what you did because I see it right there on your chest. Oh, you did those I things. Know. I can tell exactly some shit you I did. I know people that got bronze stars and shit that don't rate them. Sure, so sure, I, sure, sure, sure. I can look in your soul and tell you if you rate it. Right. But if I walk up and you say, oh, okay, this guy did something, you know, what'd you do? And you can, you can call bullshit real quick. Where now... I see guys, oh, I was a Navy SEAL. Oh, where are you? Bud, what Bud's class were you? Uh, what? Yeah, uh, there's one oh, thing man. you'd never fucking forget as oh, a Navy man. SEAL is what Bud's class <laughs> Listen, we, and if you don't know that, I'm going to punch we, you listen, right now. Listen, no, we see it, and it, it, it's so it's, it's funny. You just got to, you know what? It depends on the day and if I'm in the mood. There are many times that I have to see it and walk away, 
And there's other times that I've got to call out injustice when I see yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And it's bullshit. Man. I mean, yeah. just tell people none, of a, none of us lost dudes so that someone else right. could lie about who so, the fuck so they are. So, just outside of, because we've talked about this before, stolen valor and yeah. it being a thing oh, and something fuck. that actually there happens. Yep. So, is there essentially a little bit of, in you know, this is coming from me. I'm not a veteran or anything to do with the military, but is there stolen valor essentially inside of the military itself? Oh, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, oh, I have yeah. a great story. Now, I know John is trying to rush us off, but maybe this could be some bonus. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking beer all day. Maybe. I don't know what's so, <laughs> so here could be some bonus content. Are we, we not on video anymore? So so John, oh, so okay, on my job. Yeah, yeah, so hold on. So so we're gonna get some we're gonna get some bonus footage here. All right. You need bonus footage for this one. John, bring it around. Brandon, you're gonna appreciate this. You need you need this one. Are you giving us a story? No, we're gonna get a great story and you have to include this because I'm gonna name this guy. I'm so a blessing to my wife. I just wanna tell everybody. So so relevant story here that happened within the past year. So Brandon Gypsy George asked us. Does stolen valor come within within the military? So I'm going to tell a funny story up front, and I'm going to start with the good first sergeant Bodet, and then I'm going to go into real stolen valor. I will tell you that there are nine lies told in the United States military when it comes to stolen valor. My good friend Bill Bodet has seven good conduct medals and two humanitarian <laughs> service medals, and I'm going to tell you straight up those are the nine biggest lies told in the history of the good order and discipline of the United States military. So if you're out there, you lying son of a bitch. I was epitome of discipline, good order and conduct. All lies. So outside of that one, we're going to talk about a real story. So so my good friend Bill Bodette likes to frequent a bar called the Fireside. Now, he may or may not have had a little too much to drink, or maybe he simply referred is to it by the wrong... Is this Fireside in Valley? Well, he may, it is, but okay. he may have referred to it by the wrong name because he was still learning the lay of the land here as he is a transplant from the great state of Florida. He says, J.C., I'm on my way down to the riverside, and I'm leaving the stone fire. Now, I can see the trees and know that he's on 34 heading towards Winfield. So, <laughs> I'm sitting there, and i got a nice, quiet evening with my wife. Um, and uh, we come across, you know, and I look at my wife, and I say... You know, we're going to have to go pick Bodette up. He can't drink. we got to go find him. Over. I can't drink? I can't drive. Get your shit together. He can't drive. But we're going to say, let's start, the, hey, let's start this over real quick. Let's start this over real quick. No, that's okay. we got a, we got a minute 27, so we'll just, just kick it off wherever you're at, and I can hand it Okay. So we're going to start that again. So so anyway, so me and Bo, um, you know, he moves up here from Florida, and he's, he's living out in Hurricane. And uh, he helped bring the story I'm going to tell full circle. Gypsy George asked about stolen valor from within the U- United States <laughs> I'm military. Just glad that the name's sticking. Yeah. So no. <laughs> I find myself on so a Sunday. Happy. I'm up here trying to create jobs and create a training area up in uh, up in Clay County, West Virginia. And I've got four other Marine gunners with me. Now I wasn't there when this happened. So go ahead. So I got the four gunners with me. It's Sunday. We're having a nightcap. We're out there on the patio of the Riverside Cafe, uh, smoking a cigar, having a drink, and. Uh, a young man who was in the army decided to saunter over to our table <laughs> and profess um, his level of badassery. And he starts <laughs> off. Now, mind you, I'm sitting there, and one of the gunners that's sitting with me is a guy named Billy Chenault. He is a mean hombre. He's a mean hombre, right? And but the other three gunners are proven badasses too. There's not a man sitting at that table that isn't been decorated for valor and have a purple heart two or three. So this guy walks up and he immediately tells the whole table. I don't like strangers in my bar. Oh, no. 
And I'm like, and at 5'8 and a soft 220 pounds, this man's got a bucket of balls. Or he is drinking a lot of alcohol. Um, and I'm like, oh, really? And then he goes, he goes, yep. He goes, he goes, I hit 183 IEDs during my six-month deployment. I'm like, well, man, I've taken math for Marines. That means to tell me that depending on whether you did 182 or 183 days, you hit an IED a day for an entire six months. Fuck, I've been in MNF West for seven and a half months at a time, and I don't think I've heard of 20 IEDs. Can I take it over to the store now? Let me, let me in just a second. So he says this to me. He says this to me, and then he proceeds to tell me, yeah, over there when I was a, a, an Army sniper getting it done, you know, he goes, yeah, yeah, I was getting after it. And I'm like, what's your name? And he tells me his name, and I'm going to save his name to protect the innocent and keep my wife from getting mad at me. Padball! So, Bodette's. <laughs> so, anyway, this guy, this guy shoots off at the mouth, and there's this one guy sitting at the bar named Wes, and the guy's like, I said, what's your name? He tells me his name. And I say, well, he goes, what's your name? I said, J.C. Knight. And this kid looks over. He goes, oh, shit, you're Bodette's friend. I said, I am. He goes, rocket launcher guy. I'm like, yep. And uh, he's like, and he like grabs old boy and like hurries up and exit stage left, gets him away from us. So this dude insulted me. I was, I was stewing. I was mad. Um, Next day, JC calls me on the phone. <laughs> JC steaming. Can I believe they let this guy get away with it? You know, but he was in front of you being a professional. You know, he had all the gunners there do, looking for a training area. But JC is fucking steaming, man. And he's. <laughs> Feels disrespected and he's madder than a motherfucker. So, well, we end up going to the bar one night yeah. and here comes this fucking jackass. Yeah. Well, I had to go meet Bodette over there at the Riverside. Well, because I was drunk. He anyway. Need, and he needed a ride. And I had a quiet evening with my wife. Now, mind you, I haven't had any stories with anybody. I'm like, I'm like, Mindy, Shelly's out of town. We need to go pick Bodette up. She's like, where is he at? He's leaving the stone fire. She goes, oh, he's leaving the stone fire. I said, and he's over at the Riverside. She's like, we can't let him drive. Let's go get him. I get over there, and I have, you know, I haven't really advertised that I'm pissed. Me not being able to drive is not important right now. No. So we're going over. We're going, uh, we're, going over listen, we're going over to pick him up. But previous to this, it made me so mad that I called Fort Benning Army Sniper School. And the sniper community yeah. is a small community. It is. Much like the Marine snipers have a God book, so does the Army. I called and gave them his name. And they was like, we have no name of any of these guys, period. This guy has not been through Army Sniper yeah. School at Fort yeah. Benning. And I'm like, roger that. So I find out he's a fraud, and I knew that yeah. anyway. But I just wanted to confirm. So I confirmed that this guy's a fraud. I head over to the riverside. JC, stop. I'm sitting in there. I'm having a good time. I'm drunker than a fucking nine-eyed monkey. Yeah. And I hear, hey, you fucking pussy. Hey, bitch. No. I, that's, I hear JC's voice. He don't talk like that. I talk like that. <laughs> I turn around, and he's in this fucking kid's face. Hey, you motherfucking pussy. Remember me? Oh, and buddy, he put his head down, and then I went into wrestling promo mode, and I like got up on him. I'm like, I'm he said, like, "This is your bar? No, it's my bar. You know why? Because I'm fucking standing in it." And I'm and I'm like getting up, and then I start whispering at him. I'm like, "Say something, bitch!" And I said, "Fucking say something." Well, I start chewing his ass. No. About halfway through this, my my inebriated friend decides to go into complete senior enlisted mode, and he puts the bear paws on him. 
grabs him and onion. starts offering counsel. He goes, I said, son, you lied. You, you stole Valor. <laughs> You've lied. He goes, he goes, I've known this man over here for 25 years. And, and you're I've lucky. never heard him talking. And about he that. goes, you're lucky he's not stomping your guts. Now, the whole time yeah. he's trying to counsel him in a, in a, in a calm. And he's firm. over my shoulder. Yeah, hey, you fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude is so scared he will not make eye contact. Terrified. 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 And I, the bad part is, is I did this in front of like every old gossipy dude. Oh, because he was kind of a big deal in this bar. And you know, the Terrible. only reason I did this is because I had guys locally that told me that he tried to punk them and bully him in that bar. So he deserved. I'm, that, that's I think we need to go there tonight. No, I'll right. go right now. <laughs> so, so we gave. So I gave him the business. Well. About two months go by after I completely shit him, and he couldn't get out of that bar fast enough. It was better than beating his ass. A yeah. couple months go by. He, he, had a, he had a sandwich, and he got it to go, and he was just trying to get out the fucking door like this. So a couple months go by, and uh, he decides to go on a date to this bar. Well, I'm up there playing the bass, and I look back, and I see him. Well, he goes to Bo first, and Bo sees that he's, he's nervous and wants to apologize to me. He comes over, and I immediately detonate him. I tell, no. I tell him his, his, he should be castrated no, so he can't. J.C. He comes over to me. I say, you ain't got shit to say to me. You need to go talk to J.C. So he walks over, he, and, I, and I said, J.C., he's trying to do the right thing. Now, here's a senior listening to me. Yeah. All right? So J.C.'s trying to do the right thing. So he walks over. He's like, I'm really sorry. And J.C. goes, all right, man, I, I understand, but go fuck, fuck you. You, you suck. You're a fucking liar. You're a piece of shit. And the kid walks away. I'm like, Jesus, here we go. So I know we're going to, you know. Anyway, bottom line is this. Don't lie about who you are or what you've done. Right, and this is right here. So I would say that if you served in any capacity, you are 1%. 1% of the population serves. And whatever you did is amazing. The fact that you are a part of that 1%. But what you did in there as a 1% means a lot to everyone. You don't have to get out and then tell everyone you did more. Tell the truth. Just be honest. Tell I was a typist. 88 words per minute. Fucking awesome. I live on that still. I want you to <laughs> I want you to send this video to Ted Nugent, Spirit of the Wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, so one last question because I, I hear oh, Brandon is saying. Still, is this still recording? Yes, yeah, so we're still recording. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I hear God Brandon damn, uh, saying one percent a lot, Gypsy, yeah. and I've heard <laughs> I've heard a lot of things about three percenters. What's the difference between so, one so, so three one, only one percent of the entire U.S. population serves in the military? Yeah, and, you guys start talking about is, one percenters, three percenters. I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm saying, what's cool about that is everyone's. When I joined in the '90s, I think we all joined in the '90s, yeah. right? In the '90s, the military was like. Uh, maybe you don't have a path going to the military, right? Yeah. That's kind of how it was. And sure. then 9-11 happened, and you got a bunch of guys who want to serve their country. Yeah. And none of them qualified. It's hard to qualify. So 1% actually served, but probably 3% of the actual population in America could qualify. Okay. Because gotcha. uh, you can't have asthma. If you yeah. have asthma, yeah. go. Yeah. You know, hey, you know hey, what I'm saying? Are you like, still recording? I have asthma. Right. And that's where it's at is there's so many things that unqualify you for military service that you have to lie to get in just to be that 1%. Which is not an uncommon thing of it happening. Yeah, I I think I know what you're talking to about the other 3%. It's the the Second Amendment plastic patriot. Yeah, you see that everywhere. Not everybody that that believes in guns is is a plastic patriot, but but I hate when I see like a West Virginia man with a bad goatee that's 60 pounds overweight. A well-regulated militia. Um, Being necessary for the security of the free state. Right. Um, 
if the you right can't, of the people to keep him there. Should fire, not be hey, infringed. That's your second, George. Point. If you can't, if you can't do a fire team rush from here to my backyard, yeah. um, I don't care how many guns you've got. You're exactly. you're nobody's savior. Sure. Yeah. So plastic patriots and stolen valor valor weenies. You know them when you see them. Tragically, the area that we troop around in West Virginia, there's a ton of them. Yeah, because so, I, know, I know in the in the shooting community, base, so that's why it's, you so, see a lot of it. Yeah. And, so, you know, with yeah. a lot of the a lot of the guys that I shoot with, not a lot of them are. Three percenters are the big, and, like I say, tactical junkies, tactical yeah. timmies, yeah. and all that stuff out there. If you love America and you love your guns, God, God bless you. I love you, yeah. right? But, but don't walk around here with this. Don't mistake that for hey, yeah. what we've done. Hold yeah, on. exactly. There, there's there's no mistaking it. There's two yeah. totally different worlds. Listen, sure. Let me tell you something right now. The only thing you really got to do to be a good American is just be a goddamn good American. And listen to yeah. us. Be a good, be <laughs> a good American. Do your job. Take care of your fucking family. And, and love our flag and love our country. And don't be a pussy. And my, just whatever you do, is, don't be a my pussy. My favorite is not even the stolen valor. It's the guys who are, well, I was gonna, but I was... Uh, oh, so I, oh. You know what I'm talking about. I was, oh, was going to be a Marine, but George, whatever. George, to your point, I, I, do, this, I just but, say... I just say, just be good to people, yeah. and, and and just be honest. Just do yeah, the right exactly. thing. Yeah. yeah, just do the right thing. And if you're and if you're a veteran out there, um, people hold you in high regard. So whether it was the Coast Guard marching band, or you were part of the fighting Fourth FSSG and handed out canteen cups during the Cold War. Um, you do the right thing because people are going to you, respect you. Still you still said, "Pick me, I'll yeah. serve." Yep. Yes, I'll and that matters. Yeah. I'll do it and leave it at that. You made the team. You, you exactly. still said, yeah. "Pick me, I'll serve." Yeah, I mean, you made the team, and we're proud of you. Uh, I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, JC Bodette, thank you guys so much. I mean, this is—I've been silent most of the time, but you know, I'm as you guys would say, it's out of my pay grade. And oh. but I, I sit here, love listening to your guys' stories, and it's absolutely amazing. Jimsy, thank, can I say one you. thing before yeah, I go? Go ahead. <laughs> I am a blessing to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we thank you guys. I know this is probably this is the third podcast I've done with John with, with John and Brandon. Um, heck, I got to co-host one when we did the Marine Corps ball. So that was um, cool. I'm yeah, grateful. Was cool. Any chance I get to spend with the grunts in Appalachia, and if you're out there in uh, in, in Radio World and listen to podcasts, uh, uh, just a bunch of uh, of Americans trying to, to get some good out, word out there and. Uh, spread some good vibes. So, uh, Semper Fi and a uh, good spending Sunday with you guys. Yeah, guys, you can catch us anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all that crap, social media that you know you have to be on to make well, it anywhere on my these only days. Fans too. My it's only on, fans it's on Brandon's OnlyFans, too, where he shows his dog and his feet. So, yeah. guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming in. JC Bodette, thank you guys for such a good time tonight and the hospitality. The deer meat was Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And actually, that yeah, filet was absolutely amazing, like too. Ted Nugent. Right. Oh, and another shout-out to Ted Nugent. Yeah, we got to get one more in there. Ted, you got to check us out, listen to us, maybe come on the show sometime. Yeah, we'll we'll do cool. a big old shindig yeah, if you we'll come do, out. we'll do it right here in JC's uh, garage. Yeah, which, I know. It's, we, just, it's we, kinda, we hung some wall decor just for the show, so I'm pretty <laughs> solid with this. So, guys, thank you, and always, Grunts, Grunts and Appalachia out. out.